Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Smashpot. Damn funny. Like a, like a train in the distance. Dwarfing the mightiest. Towering over the greatest. Nights of fury and honor, of courage and cowardice that an entire century of empire making and filmmaking can never surpass. You're all going to die! Don't you realize? Can't you see? Die! Why is it us? Why us? Because we're here, lad. Nobody else. And welcome to Smirsh Pod 2 with a Kane scrutiny, a podcast celebrating the vast oeuvre of Michael Kane, the highs, the lows, and everything in the middle. This truly is the podcast where you're only supposed to have a good time. This week we'll be heading to South Africa to build bridges, lose a tenor, and get drunk with Jack Hawkins. It promises to be a very boring time. Sorry. Uh, joining me to practice his psalms is actor, writer, and bloke off the telly, which is what you actually say you are, mm. Tony Way, who can be found on Twitter as Tony Paul Way. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Very good. Good. Zulu. Yeah. You asked for Zulu. I did, yeah. I didn't I... actually say Zulu in the opening, did I? Did you not? You, I didn't. You said we were going to South Africa. People I don't did. guess that. No, could have been anything. <laughs> I wrote. I should say I wrote this on the train on the way up because I remembered I hadn't written the intro. It's we're doing Zulu. It's got Michael Caine in it. Yeah, it's called Zulu. It's called Zulu, and I forgot to write it in the intro. I sometimes do that. I'm well, old. it's all right when people see it; they'll see it written on there. You'll be fine. It's fine. We've covered it off. But you asked for this. I think I asked for this before I knew you were even doing Michael Caine. You did. I think I said if you were doing. I figured that there was some connection to James Bond. I think Probably John Barry. There's a few. Mm. John Barry does the music, so that's good enough, isn't it? Yeah. You told, what did you do earlier? You told me you did on the buses. So, we did on the so buses. If you can, that can be linked to James Bond. Yeah. Zulu definitely can. Yeah. And then you said you were going to do a Kane series, and I yeah. sort of 
tried to lock. In fact, lock yeah, I replied in. to you and said, "Oh, we are actually doing Kane." So, yeah, yeah. So I, I've been waiting a while to talk about it. And mm. Now I'm going to really let you down by You're not, not having anything insightful. You're not. Say. You wouldn't let anybody down, <laughs> as per your rep. Um, so yeah, so good favorite film of yours. <clears throat> um, it's a favorite film of mine. It's definitely. Um, up there for my Kane films. I think it's this and Get Carter are my two favourite Michael Kane films. I can't say I've seen them all, to be honest. There's a lot by the wayside with Michael Kane. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many you're going to do on this, whether you're going to do them all. I don't know. Because some of them are... I mean, I don't even know what some of them are. He's done... I imagine he's got a couple of hundred credits. Well, that was the point of doing this. I thought, who's... Which is an actor who's got a very long scene. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So it's either him or... um, What's his face? I've forgotten his name. Who? Oh, uh, John Carradine. Oh, yeah, I think, yeah. I think for a while he had the record of having the most films in IMDb. Does he? So I looked up, um, I've been watching for my sins, um, The Celebrity Island, which is on at the moment in 2018. Right. And that has got Julia Roberts' brother in it. Oh, uh, Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts. He has got 500 and I think 16 official IMDb acting credits. I wonder if he's beat him, because I last looked at it's this... It's a lot, isn't ten it? Year, ten plus years ago. Well, this... And this... And I looked at them, so I looked them up, trying to work out how many I'd seen. We've gone way off track here. That's but fine. out of those 500... I've seen a lot of films. Out of those 516, I think I've seen eight. Wow. And I think most three of those were probably Batman films. Have you seen, oh, A Talking Cat? I haven't. No, I have not seen Old Talking Cat. Also, the other thing about his 500 and whatever it was credits, 60-odd of them are in development. So He's, he's in Blackbird. What's Blackbird? It's uh, Michael Flatley's spy film. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I won't watch that either. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm going to do that. Because <laughs> it looks amazing. Yeah. He directed it and wrote it. Uh, yeah, of course he did. It's going to be amazing. There's a dance in it. I don't know. Just straight acting. I'm hoping he dances his way through bad guys. Yeah. Kind of like a kind of shower in soccer yeah. deal. Yeah. Anyway, so Zulu... Way off point, sorry. Yeah, it's fine, point. it's fine. So, so Zulu, it begins in a way that you'd imagine any film wouldn't be able to me- measure up to. A Richard Burton reading a letter. Yes, exactly. And Richard Burton... I suppose you need someone like Richard Burton doing it because it starts with a massive defeat. Yes. And you come in... I mean, I guess... You, that's the film you'd normally see is yeah. the war we come in at the end of the film that you'd normally make which is a epic I suppose they do it for two reasons it would be fucking expensive because it's Waterloo in size isn't it it's sort of yeah. thousands of British soldiers thousands of Zulus but also the British lose I don't think even in the 60s anyone was quite ready for no. <laughs> that I mean they even mimic they even sort of say that in the film later that people who can't stomach sort of losses back home. Yeah. I think that was still the case in the 60s. Especially as Empire was dying around everyone in the 60s. It's sort yeah. of... Um, but yeah, that's that film. And you have to wait till Zulu Dawn, which I was going to say, Zulu Dawn is about that battle. Yeah, it? that's and that's who 10 years later. Who see that? I know. And it, it, it's no got one its did. moments. It's got Bob Hoskins. He's good in it. It's got a young... Um, Quadrophenia. What's his Phil name? Daniels. Phil Daniels, yeah. And John Mills. Yeah, it's good cast. Christopher Plummer. But it's, too mu- it's almost like they got it right. There's too much going on in that battle. Mm. And they got it. It's not Zulu. Why would you want to see that, though? I didn't. I did no. see it. I didn't want to see it. I did see it. And it was... It's all right. I've never seen it. It's all right. Hmm. It's not Zulu. But it's ahead of the game with a prequel. Yeah. They do that these days. Is it an official prequel? That's why I can... I don't, well, it must don't know be. that. 
Well, it's just made, they made a film about a battle. I don't know if it's got anything to do with the original. Well, it? I think maybe they thought we have to do a sequel to Zulu. We can't do them right, again, right. like Die Hard. Like That's genuinely another... the question. I'm not. Being, yeah. I genuinely no, don't no, know the answer. No. To that. I think maybe they <clears> thought <throat> if we do another Zulu, we would do it like Die Hard, where they all go on holiday right. and they get invaded by Zulus so on the Costa del Sol. They thought forward to the invention of the film Die Hard, and yeah. they were, we'll make we won't just nick that idea. We'll make Zulu into something like that. Zulu harder. <laughs> Zulu with Avengers. Uh, yeah. 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 Zulu with Zulu Revenge. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the same Zulus in the first one, the zombies. Yeah. That's what they do now. Uh, so, yeah, you get Richard Burton reading a letter about this battle where the British have been defeated. And you, you must sort of imagine maybe he's died in that battle. That's what I always think. Because he's, you know, it's Burton, isn't it? Well, he reads the letter at the end as well about this battle. He does, yes. So I don't, yes. unless he's a ghost. I think he could be a, a ghost. ghost. Like War of the Worlds, but yeah. he's dead. Oh, yeah, he's like the voice of God, isn't he? Is that his. It's an ethereal voice. Mm. It's, it's the narrator. No one would have it's believed. the word we're looking for. If we knew more about theatre, then we'd just say it's the... Well, he kind of is the narrator, isn't he? Yeah. But only twice. That's it, isn't it? Top and bottom. Yeah. Probably 20 minutes work and a bottle of Jack Daniels. Oh, yeah. If that. He's a pro. He'd be in and out. Mm. So Liz says. <laughs> Very good. Well, he was in and out of marriages with Liz. He, well, yeah. Did they get married three times? I think it was three times. Yeah. But she doesn't count that... As three husbands, does she? Because no. she's, she's famous, she had loads of husbands. She sees it as one. Yeah. It's like James Bond. It's just the same character. <laughs> Third time is view to a kill. Um, so, yeah, it's the Battle of Islandalwana. Yes, Rockstriff. Yes. Well, no, Rockstriff's next. Oh, sorry, yes, sorry, yeah. I thought you were saying that as well. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm hogging the beginning for some reason. <laughs> uh, then we cut to Jack Hawkins. Yeah. Uh, who is a uh, minister. Yes. And his daughter, and they're witnessing a wedding of the, the chief of Zulus. It's extraordinary this scene. Mm. It's like um, those old anthropology films that you used to see. I guess they made them till much later than you'd expect. It's like the beginning of Paddington. <coughs> it's like the beginning of Paddington. Yeah. <laughs> Another way, it's like the beginning of Paddington. Yeah, but it's some really early footage of like um, of uh, Attenborough meeting a tribe. It's mm. sort of got that vibe about it. It's sort of like a. It's a real cold eye on. It's not as involved. The rest of the film's quite involved and you meet people and it's sort of... As much as you're seeing... Like, Torah, Torah, Torah has a similar thing. Yes. Like, it says it's the point of view of both sides, but it's always quite a cold eye on the Japanese side of it. It would be like if um, we went to visit the BuzzFeed offices. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That. Everything would be alien and yeah, weird. Yeah. But they'd be having you, a civilization. Yeah, but fascinating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you not be able to take your eyes away from it. No. But it's got that about it. It's sort of, it is just like long sweeping shots of... They've clearly said, just do a thing. Do mm. a thing that you used to do or still do, and they just do it. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, Hawkins is one of two sort of expositional people in this film, because mm-hmm. Hawkins understands what's going on with these Zulus. Because obviously, he understands language. Yeah, it's a good screenplay idea, because obviously the Zulus aren't going to sit there speaking English to one another. Yeah. So. And, he, and he has an extension of that in that his daughter will ask him. Yes. But just the right time. Just the right time, <laughs> just, yeah. What's happening, father? Yeah. Um, they're a right pain in the ass that pair, by the way, as it goes on. Very helpful for the story, but they're awful. They really don't do like anyone any favors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's constantly sort of giving negative news. Yeah, quite anti-religion actually. This film, mm. they, they don't come off very well. No, absolutely, and we'll get to that later. Mm. But absolutely not. And um, but basically, Jack Hawkins overhears the chief of the tribe being yeah, told yeah. about the British defeat and mm. about how they're going to go to Rock's Drift next. Yeah, so he thinks we better warn them. I feel very sorry for the guy, the poor guy, one of his soldiers, 
who tries to stop them running away, yeah. which is what you expect. You'd yeah. expect that. If I was his soldier, I'd go, I'm going to get some brownie points here with mm. the boss. I'm going to stop these two missionaries warning our enemies. And he gets him stabbed. He sort of does a gesture and he gets killed for his trouble. Absolutely. There's a good Brexit thing in here as well. That <laughs> there's a lot of jam being used for the blood. <laughs> is it jam? Well, it looks like jam. Yeah, no, it probably is jam. It's paint or jam. In the old yeah. days, they used to use sort of a painty blood substance. Yeah, yeah. A lot of that in this. I remember doing early sh- sh- little things uh, back in sixth form when we would use chocolate syrup because we'd oh, heard yeah. they used that in Evil a lot Dead. of horror films. Yeah, it shows up better on camera. It does, yeah. it works, especially black and white. Mm. Red sauce, no good. It has no. to be a sort of black. I think brown. I remember reading about Evil Dead using chocolate syrup. I think it must have been Hershey Evil Dead. Syrup or it would have been exactly the sort of pretentious thing we'd be trying to... We'd go, oh, yeah, Evil Dead, these, that's, that's, yeah, that's exactly what it's we would have It's good enough for Raimi. Ra- yeah, absolutely. I going to say Raimi then. Well, I feel sorry for that fella. I do. He's just trying to do what he thinks is his job. Yeah. And his king has just got him... St- his king, by the way, is a genuine um, politician. He was a king. Really? He was a member of the royal family, the Zulu royal family. And someone's been on Wikipedia. And he has sat in various South African governments over the years as wow. a Zulu representative. Does so he he's the real deal. Does he? To get spotted. Yeah, hey, spotted. you're in Zulu, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, come on, join the government. <laughs> but there's pictures of him online next to Nelson Mandela and stuff. Yeah. Wow. So how around for a bit. Or his, maybe it was his son that did, but he was, yeah, the descendants of his family are all quite wow. high up in Zulu, in, the, in Zulu government and culture. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's good about this film, actually, we should say at this point, is that it doesn't at any point patronise... The Zulu people. If no, you know in I mean. fact, if they're anyone, not seen as like horrible savages, they seem as honourable warriors. And there's an honesty in, and a dishonesty in the way they treat the Zulus. I think if they were to really be like they were at the time, hmm. I don't think there would be quite the respect that's given. No, but you, they do show that. I mean, I won't go into too much because Kane hasn't arrived yet. No. In, in our but there's a few bits where people are sort of like talk down, they're like they go out and say something disparaging about the, the the sort of native people and then they go oh well you know hang about who do you think is going to just wipe out all of your army mate yeah you know there's lots of that it's a very sort of in terms of a war a british war film british war film in the 60s it's fairly liberal very for a much war so. film. i literally watched this and then turned it the other day turned it off and of course talking pictures tv was on hmm. ready to because it's just always on in my yeah. house and um it's is it called uh, I want to call it Violent Playground? Yes, another Stanley Baker. Another Stanley Baker film. Oh well, I might as well watch this. That's serendipitous. I just watched Lulu, and in that, that's another one. It's even earlier, fifty-eight. Peter Cushing's in, in it. Peter Cushing's in it. Yeah. Set in Liverpool. So multicultural. There's, there's sort of the, there's they, the topic of racism comes up a bit and sexism and loads of stuff and. It's quite. Also, it's mental that film, by the way. It's yeah, insane. recommended by Samira Ahmed when she did our Hell Drive. Really? Episode. Yeah. Well, it yeah. ends in a most peculiar way for a mm. quiet kitchen sinky thing about rockabillies yeah. and gangs and sort of the the worst thing happens is a fire's lit. It ends up with a machine gun in a school. It's yeah. nuts. Yeah. But in that, I think he, I think that was a big deal for him, Baker. I think he was into social issues and putting them up there in yeah. a really quite sort of bald and open way really frank with yeah because he well. was behind that but he's also heavily behind this film he's one of the producers right yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. um yeah driving force of this film. yeah and he is fucking great in it as well yeah and he got into trouble out there um with did the, he? the apart there's a couple of rumors some true some not but he did get into trouble and i think he's quite 
he's quote there's a few sort of quotes about things he said I think at one point it was about someone was talking about having relations with uh, black women in South Africa being illegal and you get whipped if you do it and he wow. said quip like as long as you do it whilst I'm in the act I don't mind <laughs> he wasn't he had no truck with the laws there and the rules it's obviously pre embargoes and yeah all of that he sort seemed of like stuff. a nice fellow yeah and as usual he's now dead yeah very young 40s yeah. I think cancer yeah yeah there's some lovely videos of him, um, not like that, of him. Uh, I think he was behind some sort of charity thing. They would do at Battersea Park in the 60s, like a kind of fair. Right. Like a, a, world, a sort of fun fair type of thing they did for charity. And all the celebrities used to come. Yeah. And I'm assuming he arranged it because he's all in all of these videos throughout the years. Right. So I'm guessing he was one of the organisers. Yeah, He just yeah. seemed like a really nice fella. It seems like the sort of thing he liked to do. He mm. was... Yeah. And his style of acting is quite odd for yeah. that time. It's very natural. It's very sort of... Uh, frank it's all very frank and sort mm. of honest and open and i think that rubs off on the rest of the cast yeah. as well it yeah. seems like a it almost feels like a documentary at times yeah well that's what that opening is a documentary yeah. they're filming a sort of a zulu ceremony yeah. essentially just plop, plopping in a sort of famous actor mm. or two in well the thing is when this came out they weren't i mean baker yeah. was no right of no course. one had heard of kane no no oh, nigel no, green was probably well was famous at this time but yeah. apart from that yeah there's people really. you know subsequently yeah yeah, and like, there's people that you see throughout cinema after as well that you can't quite pin your pin their name down. Yeah, like, loads uh, of those. Dave from the Winchester. Dave from the Winchester. Who's what's it called? Glyn? Gwyn? Gwyn, Yeah. Yeah. Calabos from Clash. No, Glyn Edwards. His name is. Yeah, Glyn Edwards. Yes, he is, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he, he fucks a cow. Yeah, and yeah. the guy. Um, there's loads of them. There's tons of them in mm. there. Loads of them. are genuinely useless at remembering. No, same. <coughs> um. So basically, this chief is hanging around with the Zulus. He's basically like Dennis Rodman when he goes to North Korea. Yeah, right. He's just hanging with them. Yeah. And being treated very nicely. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely time, seeing lots of boobs. Loving it. That's why I think he's gone And there. also his daughter admires the Zulu form, doesn't she? She does. The she... moment where she's kind of looking seductively. Yeah, I can never quite tell bottom. what she's supposed to be thinking. But there's a bit, yeah, she sort of looks at them and is horrified by her own thoughts, I think. Mm. Because the, the answer, she asks what the little spears are for. It's all sort of... Very much innuendo. And she says, what about those sticks with the spikes on the end? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, and, the, yeah, and he sort of said, it's quite a long time after he says, oh, it's the, the is it fertility or I can't yeah. remember, something like that. Something about fertility. And then we get the little montage of her looking up and down. The, yeah, yeah. While we yeah. see them jumping around with their bums out. But because it's shot a bit, um, because it's shot a bit like a documentary, the eye lines and all of that are a bit vague. You're not yeah. really sure what she's looking at. I right. think she's supposed to be looking at a penis. Yes. But you don't see that. No. Now you'd see him, wouldn't you? You'd see it. Yeah. You'd see it. No, no, nothing but these days. No, unfortunately, she falls victim to the uh, curse of uh, a man's film, in inverted commas, yeah. having a woman in it who doesn't really serve any purpose apart I mean, from being hysterical. She's hysterical. But, to be, but for once, it's not like there's a strong man with her. He's pretty no. useless too. No, he he is. He embarrasses himself. And he she falls does. from grace pretty quickly yeah. later on. It's It's like... He has his demons. Yeah, he does. Ironically. Yeah. He, yeah. He's dragging his daughter through a war zone as well, which is yeah. a bit mental. Which, again, is something Dennis Rodman would do. She gets fourth billing, I know, so third billing. Yeah. She's right up there. So was she quite famous at the I time? I don't or? know. I don't know anything about her. I should have looked this up. Yeah, I should. I did mean to... Th- I thought, because I thought if she's got quite high billing, perhaps she'd just done something, but we've both not bothered. <laughs> Someone will correct us, don't worry. <laughs> Hawkins and his daughter run away. We hear about how there's a, was it a thousand British soldiers were massacred 
Yes. So they go to Rourke's Drift. And um, Stanley Baker, we cut to Stanley Baker, who's building a bridge. And this establishes yes. that he's from the Royal Engineers. He's been sent there just to build a bridge. Yeah, and, and I noted that it's 13 minutes before you see your first living British soldier. Yes. Which is also quite rare. You don't... Yeah. It's, it really plays the long game, this film. I've got some more numbers coming up later. Fantastic. Because it's surprising how long it is before certain things actually happen in this mm. film. Um, but yeah. You get, lovely, seen... you get a lovely uh, presentation of you've got the working class soldier who's building a yes. bridge. Yes. And then you've got the upper class commissioned soldier yes. who's out hunting leopards. Yes. All of them, in Africa, all of them as working class as I am in yeah. real life, which is mm. would not happen now. No. You're talking about what wouldn't wouldn't happen now. You've got everyone's being played basically by people that have come through rep and working class. Oh yeah, means yeah. there's yeah. no poshos involved. Kane though, Kane's not exactly. <clears throat> ironically, he's playing the upper class commissioned soldier, and he's working class as they come. Yes, he? yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah, and he was totally terrified all the way through this. He was going to be sacked. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he he. Um, well, it's the mad thing is, it's his first film role, right? Mm-hmm. Or it's definitely his first big first film role. First big film role, yeah. And he is playing completely the opposite to like, what he became famous for very yeah. quickly, not not long after. Um, yeah, he was. He would. I remember reading his first autobiography from, which I've not read the more recent autobiography, but I think it's all of it is different. I think all the memory, yeah. the remembering is quite odd. And there's things I definitely remember in that that I've since heard aren't true, or he's just misremembered. But he, he was waiting for the rushes every day, mm-hmm. just thinking, right, this is it, I'm getting sacked now. It's a bit this like a Pacino-Corleone situation. Yeah, where Every day absolutely. he thought that was his last day. But it's completely against type. You can see why he'd think that. He must have been thinking, why am I not? Hmm. Well, he went famously went out for the Hook character yeah, um, and didn't get it because he messed up the audition. And then... And I can't imagine... Well, that's more likely the role you'd expect him to yeah, get. Yeah, I can't imagine him... I mean, <clears> he'd have <throat> been fine, but I suppose because this is such an established film, but I think he's so good in this. Yeah, oh, he's extraordinary. Uh, because of what he has to do. I mean, he could have gone on and done this sort of thing a lot more. Yeah. I think he used the steeliness in that he's got in the character in this and made just... But then just Chaz and Dave'd it. Yeah. Like, he knew what he was doing, but R. then put, did it in his own... R.I.P. Chaz. Yeah. Then did it in his own accent. Yeah. And... Because it's there's a lot of cane in there, a lot of what you you see later. What what you see, what the what the director must have seen is that he doesn't when he's not saying anything, his face says so much, and mm-hmm. he's just so yeah. I don't know what the word is determined. He's also very handsome oh. in this film. He's got his his hair is blonde more. Mm. I I think it's the way that the colours recorded in those old films, but his mm. eyes are very blue, uniform as yeah. well, and the uni- man uniform, mm. <laughs> lovely. Um, but he. He's brilliant in this. I mean, he is... It's one of my favourite Kane performances. Yeah. It's not just... I mean, I said Get Carter and this are my two favourite Kane films. I think they're his two best performances too. Well, they're very similar in Get Carter. I mean, he he does say a lot more in Get Carter, but there are Mm. a lot of moments in Get Carter like this where he doesn't say anything. Well, in in Get Carter, he doesn't actually say that much a lot of time. A lot of it is him doing stuff. Yeah. I think that's slightly different to this in... There's loads of people doing stuff and it's not always focused on him hmm. but I think he sort of nicks this film I mean I think so. Stanley's brilliant in it yeah. but I think Kane he's so he's got a strange character in this it's so I mean when he turns up so we're getting to the bit where he turns up now yeah he's hateful he's a really nasty piece of work he's every it's like Kane is sort of channeling every nasty posh person he's ever met and any chip on the shoulder he had at that point is all channeled through and he's sort of 
smug and sneering and it's it's all a little bit um he even though Stanley Beck is clearly posh too a bit yeah he's not in the league of Kane's family well again you've got that kind of army thing coming out here of where you, it suggests that Kane's officer is very happy for his men just sit around doing nothing yes complacent yes, yes. whereas Baker said you know they're sitting around on their backside yeah, so I might yeah. as well get them build this yeah. bridge and then he's that I'd rather you ask next time yeah, old boy, old boy. <laughs> yes. lovely yeah. Um, and it's also you get a couple of this is where you first get your few hints of the asides of the the damn rankers as they call them. Yeah, yeah. there's a little bit where there's two two of the well, the soldiers are sort of swimming around, and there's lots of sort of sides. It's done really well because mm. it can that can be it makes it funny-ish. We were talking about uh, it's not that funny this film, but then, yeah. that, when the humour comes, it's relief. Yeah, um, but there's loads of that that sets that up really nicely, and it sets up the singing quite nicely as well. They talk about one of them. He's, is it his tenor? He's, he's tenor, yeah. His tenor's going to get a cold if he's in the water. Um, he gets more than that later. He does, yes. Um, but that's what that sort of sets all of that up really quickly. The characters are all sort of, you don't, before any of them really speak, they're all sort of. It's a wonderful painted. script in terms of establishing people because yeah. be also, we're also introduced to the sick bay. Yes. Which becomes very important which later. Which you can smell before you see oh, it. Jesus. Yeah. And everyone in there is either, well, you've got Hooky who's feigning injury. Yeah. People in there. Who even have he got, looks rough. Yeah. Well, there's people in there with what we know now as PTSD. Yes, but yeah, there's people yeah, they with shell shock. They just thought they were mad. Yeah, and then mm. there's just people with bits hanging off. There's some really green-looking wounds. But again, a very liberal approach, because it would have been so easy to say, well, that man's clearly mental, and let's yeah. laugh at him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Whereas he's clearly got problems, and he keeps yeah. passing out. And he's him. a hero as well. You get that. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't ever say it, but he's clearly seen action. He's one of the few people there that has... Because he's in his weird sort of waking dreams he's yes. shouting out marching orders and yep. he's clearly higher up the ranks and he sees he something in Hook that no one else sees as well yeah. which comes to the fore later absolutely he so. knows he could be a good soldier um, yeah. Hook by the way in real life uh, was absolutely not anything like him apparently no and so much so that his daughter or granddaughter walked out of the premiere oh you mean the real life the real life the actor yeah I know the right. actor I have no yeah. idea yeah, yeah. but yeah apparently that was quite a big thing they just Ooh. that was all in the screenplay they needed someone to be do that they chose for some reason a, I suppose there had to be an arc he won a Victoria Cross yeah but apparently in real life he was teetotal completely straight perfect soldier and they lib- liberal doses of sort of stor- storytelling it make it a better film though, it makes it? it a better film yeah. but I understand. It's tricky when you're telling the story of a Victoria Cross winner. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, he's a brilliant character. You just have to remember he's not a real one. (laughs) No. Well, I take everything like this with a pinch of salt. Yeah, you have to. Apart from Sea Wolves, which is 100% accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, uh, basically, within me, um, Adendorf, who's a boar. Yes, a boar. He is basically our Mr. Exposition. Um, I know everything about the Zulus, and I'm going to tell you what they're doing. Yeah. Which is, again, another really good piece of writing oh it really helps it would yeah. be easy to make that really clumsy because bit. also you've got the benefit there that it makes it easy that they are all soldiers so they would be talking about what they were going to do so yeah. it doesn't ever feel clunky no um, also I think if you're going into this film you don't really know what a Zulu is no it's not a I think it's a famous book and I think the story's got a famous but it's not it's definitely become famous because of the film. Oh, absolutely! It? If they'd not made this film, no one would be. No, it would. No have one been, would know about it. In fact, like it's, uh, as it's, as we were saying, it comes after a huge British loss. It would have just been under the carpet. So what's this? Eighteen seventy nine. I think that's what they say. Yeah. 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 So n- 
it's like nine years before Jack the Ripper, and they te- they seem like totally different universes. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the sun does something with that, though. Like this, it's for some reason things where it looks hotter always look less old, yeah, <laughs> or more old. It's something weird. And the uniforms just seem like they're older than Victorian times. Yeah, the absolutely. red tunics and yeah. the white. It does helmets. sort of show you how mental. I'm a big sharp fan, mm. and it's just nuts the way they used to fight. It's just insane. You mean wearing bright red? Bright red, standing there with one bullet that, yeah. you, that you, takes you then a minute to reload, yeah. just facing an oncoming column. It's sort of, it's not quite that bad at this point, but it's not far off. No. They haven't worked out trenches and camouflage. What they needed, right, was an engineer <clears throat> yes. to think about how that would yes. work. Um, and apparently the real-life, the guy, that, the Michael Caine character was a useless soldier. See, that doesn't sort surprise of, me. Sort of admitted. But he doesn't exactly play a... Brilliant he, tactician. In I was going to say, he admits halfway through this that he's shit scared and he doesn't yeah, know what to do. he doesn't know what to do, yeah. Whereas if for a dramatic effect, like in Band of Brothers, for instance, there's a character like that, mm. and he just bullishly works his way through and then has to yeah, yeah. Uh, get found out. That's right, yes, yeah. God, that's worth a rewatch. Maybe there's a podcast series in Band of Brothers. Band of Brothers pod. I love that show. It was really good. Yeah. You'd have been great. in that now, if they made it now. <sighs> I'd have to lose a lot of weight. You were, even the ones that are sort of unfit aren't really unfit. That bull guy, he wasn't exactly... Yeah, but he wasn't, like, he was probably just a couple of sto- a couple of pounds over. I don't know. It's tricky. <laughs> they, it sounded like hell. I know a few people that have been that worked on that. and Anyway, we're going off the point of yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. but it's exhausting. I've done boot camp before. Have you? For uh, Edge of Tomorrow, and mm. it's exhausting. And they went really easy on me because the director specifically said... He can lose weight on his body, but I don't want him to lose any weight on his face. So he's not went, basically, you can't really lose any weight then. I'll just try and get you a bit stronger. Did they make you run and then give you a Snickers or something? Yeah, exactly. I was running, yeah, ran, ran to the restaurant. It helps you work, rest, and play. That's Mars, I know. Smash Bond. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Smash Bond. 
Um, but yeah, the, so the Boar guy turns up and says, he mentions the battle, but he doesn't go into too much detail. Yes. He basically says, they're coming this way. Yeah. And then um, Baker, at this point, reveals he's not a fan of commissioned officers. He yes. gives a little snidey remark to Kane. Yeah, it's quite important because it sets up their relationship for a huge chunk of this film. Yeah. Um, to the point where Kane, between Kane and the wits, basically nearly scuppers their chances of surviving at all yeah just out of pig head in this like at least the wits do it because of religion mm. or but Cain just doesn't help at all at the very key point not, not at this point off. I mean because they, they they're they the same rank aren't they they're the same rank I think they're both lieutenants yes but Baker has been one for, for, for like a month longer yeah. two months I think longer. in real life uh, look, I forget it's my last mention of real life I think in real life it was three years so it's a bit right. also get a bit of dramatic but, again, yes, but he was out of those two if you if there were a general knocking around yeah I think the way it would work is he would have chosen Kane to go and lead that stuff because the other guy had never wasn't that wasn't his job? He Plus was a he's up a builder. class as well, and in those days, class was such yeah, a he fucking your way huge in. thing. Once again, the sharp, I'm a sharp, I'm a sharp fan. Everyone buys their way up. Yeah, and that was happening in World War One. Oh, that absolutely. Point, so. yeah. yeah, there's no way now you try. Then those days, you try and outrank somebody, but mm. for dramatic effect, it works. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then um, Hawkins and his daughter arrive. The wits, the <clears throat> uh, Dewitts, sorry, pain in the ass. They are a pain in the ass. But he, at this point, he's being fairly helpful, and he's saying there's a th- thousands, of, yeah, you know, yeah. there's three thousand Zulus. Yeah, coming. and he. Has Assumes they're all going to bugger off. Yeah, pretty sharpish. Yeah, which to be honest, they probably should have. But at this point, Baker says to the chef, who's very proud of his soup, <laughs> yes. "Pour all the soup on the fire." Yeah, this is a, this and is... start building barricades. Yeah, and he's very upset about. He that. says, "Go and talk to your commanding officer." Yeah, Baker doesn't say this. The, sh- the other chef. He's very sweet. That man. Well, is they've he... got this little homoerotic yeah, relationship, he, haven't they? And he's almost got a vibe of a, a, a sort of a minister or something. But he's not. I'm not sure what he's. I think he's another. Commissary, commissary. Yeah. I think he's basically like, "Don't worry, darling. Yeah, yeah. Go and speak on. to your actual commanding officer. Don't speak to mummy. She'll sort it." I'm sure he'll tell you it's a big mistake. <laughs> yeah. And then Kane comes up to say to him, "What's this? I hear about the soup." Yeah, yeah. Oh no, the guy comes up to Kane, and and Kane's being told by Jack Hawkins at this point, "There's three thousand Zulus coming." Yes. It's... And the commissary comes up to him and says, "What's this about the soup?" And Kane just turns brilliant and goes, "What about the soup?" Because <laughs> he looks shit scared. <laughs> yeah. That's also a brilliant illustration of what they would have had to deal with as a as any sort of leader or manager or boss. It's all the shit. Like you're dealing with some very important stuff, and then there's someone always complaining about the coffee machine or the, the soup. It's sort of sovereignty. Yeah, yeah. It's important. Blue passports. It's important that you've got to eat. I guess that's. Yeah. It's um. It's almost like they shouldn't have been in the middle of a whacking great desert in the first place. Or invaded another country. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but there we go. <laughs> That's what they are. Um, so then, um, yeah, the Zulu's on the way. Uh, Calabos from Clash of the Titans is, is, is bumming a calf. Or, yes. or, or grooming a calf. Yes. Which is, because it's a very pro-Welsh film. Yeah, very. Very pro. I mean, mm. like, Stanley's Welsh. Like, very proud of being Welsh. Welsh as well. Very proud. Mm. And every film that he's involved in, there's loads of Welsh characters on up. Yeah. But in this, it's quite stereotypy. It's a little bit. They're all singers. They all love the choir and they love livestock. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, at least it wasn't a sheep because that would have been one too, too far. obvious. But it is a little bit like. But I suppose that that the sort of stereotype comes from somewhere back in eighteen something or other. Uh, a bloke from the East End would have been a bit like that. 
I'm going to go and check on my Welks. Hooky is the East Ender. He's a thief and a wrong yeah. one. And the Welshman, it's sort of, it's quite broad strokes with some of the characters. I guess it kind of pays off because he loves this calf and it's kind of like a memory of home. Yeah, And then need... later on the calf's dead. It's a grounded it's a... thing, isn't it? It's a thing that when there's something so mental happening as a thousand Zulus, three thousand Zulus attacking, hmm. for the viewer you need something to hang your hat on and that that's a calf. <laughs> also, he's thousands of miles away from home and he's obviously, they're obviously trying to suggest he was like a farmer or something. Yes, and yes. this is his little piece of home where he, he gets says, to look after a calf. Yeah. He says the most dis- depressing thing ever later. He says nothing, uh, something along the lines of, there's nothing the gr- about the ground. He says yeah. nothing to hold a man in his grave. He goes, Christ, that's depressing. <laughs> later, you know, later on he was Calabos. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So he knows about killing things. <laughs> yeah. He terrified me to get He used to pop up in Wurzel Gummidge. Who was he in Wurzel Gummidge? He was one of the farmers in Wurzel Gummidge. He wasn't the, no, he wasn't the crow man. He no. wasn't the crow man. He was a normal human. Right. He wasn't just a scary looking one. But because I'd seen, I was obsessed with Clash of the Titans as a kid. Oh. And so I'd be like, my dad would be like, oh, there's Calabos. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> and I used to, and I used to, why does Wurzel know him? I don't know. But also the fact that he required very little makeup to be Calabos because right. he's got such a fucking horrible looking face. Yeah, it's quite extraordinary. Really weather, weathery. Like a pirate, yeah. Sort of, sort of. All they did for Kalos is paint him green and put horns on him. Yeah, I mean, he's terrifying looking. Because he's like he's actually really lovely in Zulu, but there's something mm. still weird about him. He's a bit Richard Keeley. Richard, I don't mean Richard Keeley. I mean Richard Keeley did Jaws. He's right, like kind yes, of yeah. Giant, right. giant features. Yeah, a soft, yes. soft man. Yeah, which is it's disturbing. Yeah, kind of like they cuddle you to death. Yeah, uh, Lenny. Uh, yeah, that's a men sort of thing going on. But that's a, they're a nice pair. That that pair. That, the Beautiful. Singers. Really I nice think we've thing. just missed them half. I know maybe it comes in a minute. They you get the first little um, note sung of what's the name of the song? Men of Hearth, is it? What's that? Do, 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 do. The one they sing later on. But I realise it. Oh, yes, it Men of Harlech. That's what it's called. Yeah. That, there's a tiny little ditty of it, a little bit of foreshadowing when and they get told to shut up. Yeah. That's around this time, isn't it? There. Yeah. Um, but they're building barricades. And um, they then take a, t- a tot-up of what they've got in terms of manpower. Yes, um, it's, it's the A-team moment. That's it, yeah. What have we got to work with? But unfortunately, they haven't got a shed and power tools. No. So. Or, or, like, do you remember the, the A-team where they got locked in a cave and with with uh, vegetables? I do remember this And they very had a well. cabbage cannon. They did, yeah. <laughs> I always wanted one of those. It, it, they often with the A-team, it was always, we're locked in this shed, all we've got are these succotors, this yeah. wire... And five pounds of explosives. Yeah. <laughs> you go, well, luckily you got some explosives. Just throw the explosives at them. Instead of tying all this stuff to BA's van. I'd have to have been a director in the in, in 18. So he'd be like, right, I want to have this angle here. And then someone would go, no, you have to have a camera on the ground as the car goes over yeah, it. Yeah, you have to do that. Otherwise yeah. people will turn it's off. It's not the A-team. That doesn't happen. <laughs> Every episode, the car will drive over the camera. Yeah. I wonder They'll think they we've got money to burn. Look, at them. we're risking our camera here. They'll I bet they just that. reuse those shots thinking yeah. about it. yeah. Absolutely. And there's a lot of that in the 80s. I'm still excited when I think about it, about the 80s. <laughs> the pilot episode, I remember staying up late to watch that because Pe- uh, George Peppard is dressed as Godzilla. Yeah. And he opens the little That's patch. always in the title. Yes. Yeah. The Smoky Cigar. Forevermore. Yeah. Those were the days. Those were the days. Yeah. But they're about to do that against the Zulus here. Yeah, but they haven't got any explosives they've or cabbage cannons. They've got seven, they've got, um, seven officers... Yeah, some of whom are doctors. Yes, uh, tw- uh, 36 sick, right. 97 soldiers, and uh, four... Hang on, I haven't written... I'm oh, sorry, there's, they've also got some sort of Af- African... 
Levies, they Levies, call them. Levies, yeah. It. But not many, I think about five or six. 40 or something, I think 40. he says, yeah. Yeah, and there's 4,000 Zulus coming. Yeah, sounds about right. Sounds fair. <laughs> yeah, so at this point, Hawkins is like, well, you're fucked. Yeah. But Baker's idea here is to go and arm the sick and wounded, mm. which anyone would do. I think so, yeah. I think I would run away, personally. Yeah, Where to, though? I don't know. I think... It's not like there's a board you Wagons. Go you've got wag- I suppose they can't... Yeah, no, you're stuck. It's not like the you? Great Escape. No, you've got... A, I suppose you've got... I mean, they've been ordered to stand and fight. That's yeah. the truth of yeah. it, isn't it? That's the... They can't go against the order. That's right. And he's... They want to put two men on a hill as spotters, and this is where Calabos and his mate go up there. And, and he complains about the lack of grave, <laughs> grave opportunities. <laughs> yeah. And um, so Adendorf... He warns of their tactics, which is the uh, the buffalo. The bull, the horns of the buffalo. Horns of the buffalo, yeah. yeah, which is how they'll attack. And um, He's or, brilliant, by the way. In this. He's great. I really he? like him. Yeah. And he survives. That's good. He does survive. He just sort of wanders around doing what he wants. I like yeah. that character. This sort yeah. of, he literally says that, doesn't he? He says, it's your country. You go yeah. where you want, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I hate the Zulu, he says. Yeah. But yeah. I'm here I bet for, they don't like him very much. I'm here for expositional purposes. Yeah. I don't yeah. fight. I'm what you get when you can't afford a narrator. <laughs> We've got Burton, they said. Yeah. Uh, so Hawkins gets upset at this, and um, uh, they pinch his altar table, which he gets really upset about. They desecrate his church. It's the beginning of his, his spiral, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, then he talks to Nigel Green. I love Nigel Green. Mm. I love him. He's brilliant, yeah. I mean, not just in this. Um, Jason and the Argonauts. He's uh, yeah, Hercules yeah, yeah. in that. Yeah. And he was in the Ipcrest file as well. Yes, so he was. He yeah. committed suicide. What? Yeah. I had no idea. Mm. Yeah, in the late 60s, I think. Right, I didn't know He had such presence, and he had these, like, jewel-like eyes. Yeah, yeah. And in this, he is... What's his name in this? I don't remember. I just know him as Nigel Green. Yeah, yeah. My God, he's good in this. Yeah, he's good. He is literally the balance to the whole film. Any time anyone's freaking out or anything, he turns up on screen and you just get calm. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it works with the soldiers. Even later on, when Hawkins is going mental, he's like, "You calm down now. That's a good gentleman." Yes, yeah, yeah. He's brilliant. He's so good. He also has the most. That character has so much work to do. Yep. He's cool. He's Colour a... Sergeant Bourne. There you go. That's it. Every time, basically, and he's, he's just called for everything. He's like the old job man. Every time they just shout "Colour Sergeant Bourne," he comes a running. He's probably got as much screen time as Baker or Kane. He's because he's all. He's got his own stuff, but he's always sort of just stood near them. Yeah. He's always being called over by them yep. as well um, at all times. He's brilliant in this. He's so Even good. when he offers um, later on some sort of sympathy for the men as yes. well, and that gets shot down. He he doesn't get upset about it. He's no, just, no, no. He's got that old British army attitude. Yeah, of, yeah. Know, I'm just going to do what I'm ordered to do. I said I wouldn't go into the real person, mm. people anymore, but the last one, the real Colour Sergeant Bourne, was uh, in his twenties at oh. that point, and was as heroic as as as, as he is in the film. Mm. But he turned down the Victoria Cross and said, "Can I have a commission instead?" So wow. he actually became an officer. Wow! And he he was the last surviving, I think, the last surviving person from that battle. I think he was, and he ended up like a lieutenant colonel or something. Wow! He ended up like flying up through the ranks. Good for him. Yeah, brilliant just clearly thought oh, you know what I could Victoria Cross is nice but I could have a whole different career going yeah. on for me well that's a yeah. whole step up in society isn't yeah, it exactly yeah. that's probably yeah. more important than a Victoria Cross because yeah. I'm assuming in those days Victoria Cross just meant you got to 
Well, you got the cross, you were a hero a medal. for it. Yeah, a medal, you probably didn't have to buy a pint again. Mm. But I would have thought it didn't get you any money. I bet or, a lot of them got pawned in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like World Cup medals. Yeah, that's quite sad, isn't it? It is. That happens. Mm. A lot of your lads did that, didn't they? Yeah, there's a lot of Alzheimer's as well. It's mm. slightly worrying for all of the the footballers, especially the headers, headers. Well, because they were kicking around balls of cement yeah. in those days. And just so. whacking them on the top of their heads. Horrible. <laughs> uh, so Hook is uh, the, the the guy we were talking about, the PTSD <clears throat> diet guy. Yes. He wakes up and has a go at Hook for yes. basically being a coward. Yes. And then Hook uh, picks him up after he passes out, and there's quite a nice little moment where he reveals that this guy sent money to his wife. Yeah, put him on a charge for 28 days and sent all the charge without pay. That's it. And he sent the bloody money to my wife. Which is a lovely thing. Lovely Again, thing it's a lovely that... throwaway moment that gives you so much about their characters. Yeah, yeah. There's also, we're missing out the elephant in the room here, is the other guy who does a lot of talking in that... Uh, Sick bay is the bloke with the big leather thing around his neck, and oh, the, yeah. who's got a, he's really extraordinary he character is. who repeats yeah. everything. Oh, you wouldn't mind, okay, you wouldn't mind at all. It's yeah. got a really strange. It shows it sort of adds to the mad, madness of that room. He looks a bit like Batman if he's taking his cowl off. <laughs> it does he's got this black but neck brace. It, it all adds yeah. to the sort of I really don't want to be in that room. You've yeah. got this bloke trying to make people gamble, and you've got the bloke dying of sort of. PTSD or whatever's happening down there. And you've got this man with a disgusting He's neck always at the window. He's basically always at the window. The window. Eyes on the what's world? going on? He doesn't really know what's going on. Yeah. You can imagine when the wit daughter turns up. You no know, wonder she's horrified by the scene she the sees. The smell in there. The smell and just these disgusting... <laughs> I bet it smells of bad farts. Yeah, a lot of farts. <laughs> the African food. Army rations. Yeah. Africa, mixed up with African food. <laughs> Would not have sat well on a Victorian stomach. But yeah, talking of which, Hawk, uh, Jack Hawkins' daughter does go in there. Yes. Offers some help, but then gets sexually assaulted. <clears throat> well, weirdly, but not in the room you think she does. She no. sort of goes into the next room and next a load room. of sort of extras sexually assault her. Which well, is... they, they rip on her dress and try and grab her. Yeah, yeah. So that. she spends the rest of the film sort of holding her top together. She does. And not really having much else to do. That's sort of her out of it then. Hysterical, yes. She's hysterical, yeah. but it's mostly about her dad after that. Yeah, who um, goes off the rails. He's brilliant, by the way, the guy who plays Hooky in this. The, that yeah. character, it's another... I mean, he's horrible, but it's a great arc. He's an it? anti-hero, isn't he? Yeah. Because he's a, obviously, as you say, a horrible person, but you really root for him. Yeah. I think he's being... Apart from the sort of criminal stuff, he's sort of saying the sort of thing that I would probably say if just dumped in that position Jesus Christ yeah I think you know, I would feign having a boil what are we doing Can we... I mean he's got a boil hasn't he that's the yeah. thing yeah which he's not expecting them to love <clears> no do, no it, which is unpleasant that's another disgusting he's brilliant as well the doctor oh, he's great um, he's a psychopath that character as well he's yeah. absolutely steel, steely reserved he's extraordinary he's operating on people while Zulus are trying to get yeah. in the room yeah. yeah there's that moment I mean we're jumping ahead but mm. where two guys the two guards get shot and he doesn't even look up from his surgery, and then two other guards come in, and he goes, "You okay? You go. You stay. Yeah. You two get these two men up. I, I'm sure those men. I'm sure he asked someone to move some corpses out. Yeah, there. he does. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's got to carry on with the surgery he's Amazing. not even looked up from. <laughs> but the cavalry arrive, and everyone gets very excited because <clears throat> the yeah. cavalry are here. But the cavalry basically say, "You're all fucked. We're running." Well, off. this is the first moment. This is where Kane's little kind of bitchy situation with. With who is now the boss, mm. he just absolutely doesn't do anything to help here. No, 
Christ, he says to him, why didn't you say anything? And he says, because I'm not in charge. Yeah, well, he says it's uh, the first thing the general, my grandfather, ever said to me. Um, but yeah, it, it, between him and the, the wits have already lost, all, all the levies have gone. Yeah. Because they freak. Oh, is it after? That comes just directly that after. That comes after, yeah. 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 Uh, it's just after, actually. Yeah. So they it lose. Scares them all yeah, off. within f- uh, two minutes, they lose. They the get cavalry and the cavalry go. Yeah. And then all their levies leave. Yeah. And, and this is basically the bit in The Simpsons where they're in a the rubber dinghy and the dolphins all come up and say, you're going to die. Yes, exactly. This is that bit, yeah, with, but yeah. with cavalry yeah. instead of dolphins. Yeah. They're going to yeah. fight in their farms, he says. Yeah. They're going to die, they're going to die on their farms. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Kane Which really... I mean, Chard really could have done better. Yeah. There. Is it Chard? No, he's not Chard, is he? The other no. one's Chard. He's... Um, um, I've forgotten. I've gone. His name I just know him as Stanley Baker. Can't remember. Gone. No. <laughs> he's Stanley Baker um, so Hawkins asks for wagons uh, basically uh, Hawkins says get me get me some wagons and we'll get all the sick out of here yes and Baker says you want wagons I'll get this you some good, wagons this is a good switch it's great and he tips them over and, yeah. to use them as a barricade yeah Hawkins is like you have gone mad really good bit of John Barry kicking, kicking oh. in there as well we should say first way, big chunk of it the John Barry score in this <clears> is fucking it's phenomenal. extraordinary I don't listen to scores Loads. I've got a few, but it's one of the few I own on vinyl, and oh, will put on. I've always loved this. It's sort of here as well that the the phase is a sort of phaser on the drums or something. I don't know what he does. He does it with the Zulus marching as well. Mm. I don't know how he gets that sound. It sounds like there's been a phase a phase on it or something. But I remember hearing that when I was younger, it just being extraordinary noise. Yeah, yeah. It's it basically his jaws, right? Yeah, you've got this yeah. Theme of the Zulus. Yeah. That just plays every time they turn up. Which way? Which way do you fall, Barry or Williams? Williams. Yeah, I go. Barry. But I do love Barry. Uh, Williams is alright. It's the same old thing every time. <laughs> I don't know though. I think Williams is so attached to my childhood. Williams is some probably more Barry is someone like I've appreciated as I've got older. Whereas, yeah. every time I hear a piece of the Indiana Jones theme, I get excited. No, that's fair enough. Um, I think Barry's cooler, isn't he? He but is. Williams is probably the better. Yeah, they both come from a jazz background as well. Yeah, kind of like sixties jazzy thing. The because um, John Williams did the theme to How to Lose a Million, oh, with Peter O'Toole. Oh, but he's right. credited as Johnny Williams. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because John Barry and his orchestra is they're on. Um, oh, what's the beat film? Um, set in beat Soho. Girl. Beat Girl. Yeah, that's extraordinary. Mm-hmm. That soundtrack. But to go from that to what he ended up doing. Yeah, because when he gets he gets the Monty Norman bomb theme, yeah, yeah, and he arranges it to that, which they still use to this day. Yes, right, is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just lived on, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But I suppose I could name more Williams. Anyway, we're off the. Well, we're, no, we're talking about John Barry. Talking so about John Barry. That's on point. We haven't isn't gone off it? the trail. <laughs> um, yeah, so he, t- he tips them over. Uh, Hawkins shits a brick at this point, basically, and they decide to lock him up because he's just spouting negative vibes. Yes. And the daughter gets put in the church. Yes. And Hawkins gets put in a shed, basically. Think, or the church. It, his his I vestry. Can't work out. I, I always. It looks mind, like a shit house a, when a he's shit in there. Yeah. When they go in there, it's a big room. <clears throat> I think it's right. that room earlier that Nigel Green was in with the psalm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When they were clearing the stuff out. <clears throat> um, but the Zulus then turn up, and. Um, it's, and but this is where John Barry really kicks in. Yeah. Dun, yeah. Dun, dun, yeah. Dun. Um, it's and they they are awestruck yes because there's fucking loads of them Zulus to the southwest thousands Thousands of them thousands of them not said by Michael Caine no it's Nigel Green says it yeah everyone always does it in his voice though when they do it yeah I like to think it's because of bottom 
Right. Adrian Emerson does that impression of Mark ah, McCain. Ah, does he? And he right. goes, Zulus, bloody thousands of them. Right. Don't shoot to see the whites of their eyes, which no one says. No one is. says. No. It's also, I remember someone doing an impression maybe in the 80s, which was, stop throwing bloody spears at me. I think that's Adrian Emerson as is well. Is that Adrian Emerson as well? I think okay, so. right. I might be wrong. Right. It's funny how that would just get nicked by loads of other people. As if there's a moment where this officer stands up and says, stop throwing bloody yeah. spears at me. Yeah. I don't, yeah. It's up there with the impression of don't push me, which everyone said for Sylvester Stallone through yeah. the 80s. He never says that as Rambo, not once. He says, don't push it. Yeah, hey, don't push, push it. You're yeah. pushing me. Uh, he never says, don't, and they, don't push me, was always the impression. I think probably Bobby Devereux did. I, there's a Just lot to blame it, Bobby Devereux. Getting it a bit wrong. <laughs> Bobby Devereux famously announced that when Robin Williams dies, died, yeah. that he would continue doing his yeah. impression as a tribute. Well, it's a really good one that everyone beautiful. knows about. It's his world-famous Robin Williams impression. Oh, that, honestly, I was Thank very sad. God for you, Bobby. <laughs> when Robin Williams died, I was very sad. When I saw that tweet, I couldn't yeah. stop laughing. Did you think it was almost worth Robin Williams dying for that tweet? Also, happen? when you read the tweet, it's so grammatically wrong. In yeah. every way. I right. think it's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I can't remember it now, but I'll <laughs> look it up. Oh, my God. Anyway. Well, it's what I was waiting to find out the second he died. Couldn't wait to find out. Yeah, I just kept refreshing his page. <laughs> um, but the the, the the reason that line is so powerful, by the way, is Zulus of Southwest, thousands of them, is it's said by Nigel Green. It's the first and probably the only time in the film he looks absolutely terrified. Yes. Grave as heck. Yeah. He, he knows what's coming. Yeah. Yeah. And he loses his composure for just a second, but yeah. it really resonates. Um, and, uh, yeah, Hawkins, at this point, he's locked up. Um, the Zulus then attack, but they do it in such a sort of uh, a quick way, and they're just running without attacking and getting shot. Yeah, they're sort of... St- in fact, they run and then stand still, don't they? Yeah. And just sort of bash their shields and soak... This is one of the first rug pulls, Zulu tricks. Yes. Where, as a kid, I remember going, that is clever and ruthless when it's then Ardendorf who says they think oh, well, we're knocking loads of them out here they yeah, just everyone starts going, that was easy bloody idiots yeah. and then he says they're counting your guns mm. they're not that, that's how ruthless which is terrifying they're. yeah just, it's a bit like that moment in Aliens with the sentry it's guns exactly that yeah exactly. also the other thing that this bit of the film is homaged in is Gladiator um, the first battle uh, that they fight in Germany, I think it is. Yep. <clears throat> the you can hear the the German soldiers in the woods. You can't see them, but you can hear them shouting some of the Zulu chants. Yeah. There in that, I, I, I think it's it goes down in memory. This as a, well, it's one of the best battle scenes ever. So you can see why they'd want to kind of. It is exactly the alien scene, actually. Now you, it's yeah, they, they borrowed that obviously. Yeah. And the last, they're using up the ammo. Is what it is. In fact, they use it in loads. They do it in. Um, they, Starship they, Troopers as well. Starship Troopers, and they just did it in um, the latest Avengers film uh, when they've got the big bubble over yes. Wakanda and they all just sort of go Those at one point. four-armed weird weasel men. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which you've never seen before. Yeah. I quite like that film. But they all come down from, in walnut whips. Yeah, so what's that all about? I've not know. seen those spaceships or these guys before they're just a sort of rent a mob army i liked infinity war i loved it i did it but they, i didn't know where those soldiers came from no they could have all looked like little thanos well they have they? they have a challenge every mile from don't they we have to develop some sort of creature or robot that people it can get killed and no one will get upset but they about. should just show it earlier that's all they have to do just show a couple of them knocking about the ship i don't know but that's in the first avengers <clears> film as well isn't it where those sort of monkey robot people come down and again we've never seen them guy before. from in the, yeah. yeah it's very weird 
But all of that's just Zulu. They've all nicked Zulu, basically. Yeah. But um, And 300. <laughs> yeah, all of them. Uh, um, it's that none shall pass sort of mentality, isn't it? Not, no, not today. Um, but they're terrifying, aren't they? Mm. Yeah. When they attack. Yeah. And um, the bravery, I think, more than anything. They're so sort of... They're so uh, dead set on attacking and getting there that you think, Christ almighty. But when they leave, everyone thinks they've won because our little Welsh fella stands up and does that. Yeah. Everyone claps. That's not the first time that happens in this That's not the last time that happens in this film either. Every time I watch this film, I forget that there's one more battle. Yeah. When when I think it's finished, I'm like, oh, good. Because the famous bit of the battle... The, the end which mm. we won't get to yet no. he's does happen before a bit a bit yeah, yeah I wrote just that a little down. bit yeah. yeah the um the rank firing i don't know what the military term is for it but that kind of happens once already to the point and it's so effective then you think just do that all the time yeah it seems to be working yeah and to the point where <clears> his <throat> grand plan at the end is just that slightly embellished yes yeah whereas really that's this is rocky's southpaw from rocky Chino. yeah there you go that's but it if yeah, you did if the, rocky did his southpaw in the first round yeah. then it wouldn't resonate so well. That's my only criticism yeah. of this film, is that they it uses bra- the magic yeah, beam. Yeah, there's probably some reason that you do do it as a last resort, because it. Yeah. I don't know, there must be some reason. I think these days they wouldn't they wouldn't make a film as good as this. No, they but, just But um, if, if that was the MacGuffin, if you like, or the yeah, magic yeah. beam, they would save it for the very end. Yeah. So it's more satisfying. Because that is the 18 bit. That yeah. is the reveal of whatever they've stuck on the front That's of. your engineer being in charge, thinking yeah. about it as in how I build something, how yeah. to make it more effective as a machine. Well, if you're building a bridge, you think about um, resistance and weak points and yeah. things like that. That's a very good point, actually, yeah. And mm. he's sort of treated the whole battlefield as a, as a sort of physics problem as yes. opposed to... A sort of a, a man management problem, which is why when they, like you say, when they do it earlier, I'm just like, oh, I remember it being more, you know, sort of celebrated as a move. Than yeah, this. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it comes back. It's a shit <laughs> film. We should stop talking. About. Uh, Jack Hawkins at this point is pissed out of his head. He is, and he's trying to scare a soldier. Yeah, brothers, you're all oh, going to die. Brothers, lots of that. Very annoying. They're being dicks again. Yeah. Him and the both of those wits. Totally dicks. They're. Uh, Half wits, I call them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take that. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, so they decide that um, they have to get rid of them. Stick them on a wagon. Yeah. Um. Again, another one of my favourite lines here is when oh, I the, don't know um, where they're going though in this wagon. They just send them off. I'm guessing they've got a house or a mission. Or oh, is that their mission where they are? Isn't it? Yeah. So that's their house. So they've been packed off into the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I guess just get eaten by him I want an, an end scene to this you know an after credits scene yes. like Master of the Universe yes but to have Hawkins and his daughter come to the end of a field you know and they can see Rourke's drift and he just turns to her and goes oh we survived that's brilliant and then a monkey jump out and bum, <laughs> bum him to death in front of his daughter well it would be slightly I'd have to be definitely post credits but it would change the tone of the a end baboon. of this film <laughs> That that would be satisfying because Hawkins doesn't get his comeuppance in this. No, you'd want him to get lynched on the way out, really. Well, I mean, he sort of thinks he's doing the right thing, but he is a pain in the ass. He is. 
Yeah. Monkey bumming's for everyone. Monkey bumming's fixes everything in terms of uh, tying the knot. <laughs> uh, not, not a wedding, Christ. That means Dorsha has to marry the baboon. Probably. That'd yeah. be awful. Mind you, that would be... Um, she likes weddings. The weddings she loves the weddings. Yeah. yeah. She liked the big mass wedding. She did. Um, oh, and my other favourite line in this is where the soldier who's been terrified by Hawkins says, Why us, sir? Yes. Nigerian goes, Because you're a real lad. Yeah. There's no one else. I actually noted that down. It is a great line. Brilliant. He's brilliant, full stop. Mm-hmm. He should have had his own film, that character. He should. Yeah. Such a shame he's dead. I know. He'd probably be a bit late now. He'd be but. dead now. <laughs> but he could have had a good 70s. Mind you, he'd have probably popped up in Whoops, Madam, There's My Penis in the 70s. Yes, yeah. Oh, he definitely up. would. He would have been basically Windsor Davising it a bit. He'd have been good in the carry on. He would. Yeah. Windsor Davis would have been out of job. Yeah. He would have just done it. I would have. I'd like to see Nigel Green doing um, what's his name? Um, what's his name? Alf Hippopotamus. What was he what's called? What's that? Al- Alf Hippopotamus. I don't know. <laughs> you know the guy in Carry On? He goes. Whoop, dip, dip, dip. Oh, him, yeah. uh, Jack Hawkins? No, not no, Jack. No, Jack Hawkins. What's his name? Um, Jack Douglas. Jack Douglas. I heard. Re- I heard him. I don't know if this is for this podcast. Though. I'm going to tell you. Is this a sexy story? It's very much not a sexy story. Oh, he. Told I went to a really odd awards do with uh, Reese Thomas and Alex Lowe. Mm-hmm. Reese was up for best new writer, but it was basically a load of water rats. It was very cost super. Us, cost us two hundred and fifty quid each for the ticket so old for a school. meal. Old, old school, school. Yeah. basically looking at us for a bit of young blood. Yeah, someone needs to look after us in our old age. Mm-hmm. But he got up. He was handing an award. This is Douglas. Got up to hand out an award. And he said, people always ask me where how I came up with the bit. Mm-hmm. And um, well, it was in a, in a Butlins I was working at. And um, suddenly one of the acts wasn't on. So I had to fill time. I didn't have an act. I had nothing to do. I was just the compare. Uh, everyone knew. Everyone knew the bloke that worked behind the bar. Basically was disabled and had a really bad, like... He trumped it. Yeah. He, and so he went, so I, he just, I just, everyone knew him. They knew what I was doing. So, way, way, and I started throwing things about. It was just some poor bloke, I think, with cerebral palsy, who, oh, who but in those days, it was hilarious. Imagine that, that bloke that. watching Carry On films and be going, going oh, that's fuck, me. That's me, yeah. And he's getting laid. But it was, and I just watched, I watched him say that. I thought, oh, I'm never laughing at that again. <laughs> no one did, to be fair. No. He's not in many of them for a reason. He's in that awful one, Carry On Behind, with yeah. him and Windsor Davis. He's not in the, the good camp. ones. No, he's not. He's in Carry On Nurse. And for no reason. He just comes in and just sort of pulls down a load of stuff, knocks it over and then oh, leaves. He didn't carry on Emmanuel playing a butler. Holy shit. I can't really remember much of that film, I must admit. You should do a carry-on series of this as well. I was going to... should do it. I would. No one will listen, though. Just, um, everyone can just tune into ITV every weekend. There's always two on. They're always on, aren't they? I know ITV one man that listen. Who? Me. <laughs> All right, I'll do it just for you. <laughs> Um, so, so then the Zulus come again, and this time they got fucking do. rifles. This is and one of them rug says, ball number two. And then Michael Caine says, "There were our own da- our own damned rifles." So he says it's a bit much, or something bit like much, that. Yeah. It's all very understated. His, yeah, oh, it's jolly. <laughs> Not quite right, is it? Um, I felt sorry for the actor in this one because he dies, he gets shot, and the the grain bag above him split. Yes, and he has to fall down, and all the grain spills out yes. of his face. Yes, that must have been horrible. To He's do. the first death, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, and then. And he, do we know him? We don't know him too well. No, he's just um, but um, is this very where, quickly followed by two people we like. They don't die though. They one gets no. shot in the leg and uh, they really fall down weirdly. And then Glyn Baker. Oh, sorry, um, not Glyn Baker. That's Stanley Baker's son, who was later in Return of the Glenn Jedi. Glyn ba- Barber. I'm yes. sure. It, 
he falls down on the man behind him, almost like he's having sex with him. Yeah, he's sort of like he's riding a horse. Yeah. He goes up to help him, and then they kind of, yeah, they collapse on the ground. I'm wondering if that was a, a, a reshoot, not a reshoot, if that was changed later, because it very much looks like um, Dave from the Winchester dies at that point. Yeah. And then he pops uh, no, up later with his arm in a sling, and I'm like, oh. No, no, he then does his button for him, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, you're right. He says, can I, because it's a callback, it's one of the few, it's a sort of joke, isn't yes, it? Yes, because he tells him, can I undo my tunic now? And yeah, he sort of helps him. He was suddenly soldier early, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he says, what a pint, oh, huh? That's could all you, I ever want him to stop, say is... Can you oh, stop Arthur. bumming me when I try and die, please? Um, but they, 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 they're they fine. They yeah. turn up later. Yeah, they go to the sick bay and they're Because right. he's like a little version of Colour Sergeant Ball. Yeah. He's a proto... He hasn't quite got the full moustache. No, he's, he's got he's, big SIDS. He's not doing it because he knows that that's Colour Sergeant Bourne's thing. Yeah. One he, day he'll he's be He's understudy. Allowed. He is. Yeah. He, he does his job when he's sick. He does a very good um, under-the-breath shout uh, yeah. much earlier on when they're building the bridge yes you heard the officer engineer do it now he sort of does this sort of he also kicks them in the water which we forgot to mention kicks them in the water good he bit. does yes yeah uh, so yeah the Zulus come back and um, yeah they're charging and there's lots of good stabbing acting here there's lots of one two stab <laughs> yep. one two stab one, I think two, that's stab. called rushed rehearsals I not much time to to get um, too much work on the fight choreography definitely not because there's one point where Stanley Baker is standing there watching all the action and a bloke literally just walks past yeah. behind him and I'm like what the yeah, fuck yeah, are you doing of, a and he gets shot and then collapses and I'm like see there's weirdly hmm. there's a lot where you'd expect a lot more in this you'd expect it to be clunkier they get away with it a fair bit but there yeah. are a few moments where there are people I, I'm doing a movement now I don't know yeah. how best to describe it but hold up a rifle yeah. kind of do the thing you do as a child, which yep. is almost, but without sort of going pew, mm-hmm. but obviously nothing. You can see nothing's coming out the end of that gun. Yeah, and then a little bit too late, people will then hold their stomachs like they've been shot. There's a little bit of that, and there's lots of when they have been shot, they hold their stomach, then they do that force rada. Yes, yeah, and then yeah. And the weird thing is, like, there's a lot of acting having to be done by a lot of people that aren't actors. Like most of the Zulu. The people playing the Zulus had a, there were a huge chunk of them that never actually seen a film before. Wow. Apparently, right, and to the point where they screened a western for them to give them the gist of right, what, yeah, of course, what the deal was. It's essentially, like, a western yeah, film, isn't it? It is. It's a British it's the Alamo. Western. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're doing quite well considering. I think it's like none of them are actors. They're all no. just sort of they're extras. Um, but yeah, there's a few bits of that kind of staged falling dying isn't there yeah <laughs> it's very staged I think it's of its time though isn't it yeah in those days well, the other thing is it's amazing how horrific the battle is there's not a squib amongst it there's no. occasional dribble of blood and paint but it's all yeah it's yeah. paint it's bloodless stabbings all mm. around is it yeah yeah I think they're quite proud of one shot because I, I think there's one where they're using like a retractable knife or something yeah you see it go right see in it his go chest right in, yeah. yeah I think they like that and it's very clever because it's sort of half retractable isn't it it's yeah. only He's like the tip of the spear goes in and not the yeah. rest of it. <clears throat> so that must have been a retractable or, or it was a clever cut. Yeah. Where they just sort of did a little... But yeah, that looks pretty good. Also, they're filming this in a location in those days. That was probably a huge pain in the ass compared to now. Massively. So, well, South Africa as well. <clears throat> and yeah, in the middle of a very tense political situation out yeah. there at that. Um, Arid. Yeah, yeah. And loads of people that don't 
believe in the way the country's being run. Yeah, I mean, you hear, you hear like there. nightmare stories about filming in Tunisia in the 70s. I mean, this is South yeah. Africa in 1960, probably 63 when they yeah. filmed it, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. So it must have been a nightmare. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Stanley Baker at this point gets knocked out. He does, and nearly yes. killed, but... You never quite work out what injury he's got going he on. He gets clobbered around the head. And then he, he has, like, a little bit of, like, a shaving cut yeah. on his neck. It yeah. doesn't look much. But I think that's on purpose. But the man from the mess bay who looks like one of the prisoners from the Disney Robin Hood cartoon, because <laughs> he's got, like, a, he's got a crutch with a yeah, yeah. foot covered in um, bandages. He's Swiss. Yeah, yes. but he leaves the trail of bandage like yeah. he's, he's trodden on it in the toilet. Yeah, it's brilliant, that. He saves Richard Burton. He does. And he survives. He does survive. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he de- I don't really remember him doing much fighting after. He sort of falls on his bum. Yeah. Shoot. I think it was, I think he may have been up for a medal as well. I think all of the yes, ones he that, uh, that medal. got medals, mm. they have they show their reason why they got a medal. And he does. An ex- so they show them doing one extraordinary brave thing. Yeah. Like with Hooky later on, it's the fire. And mm. you get to see that moment of, ah, that's the bit that got them the, the medal. Yeah. But he's great, that character. He's he in it, not in it enough for me. No, he's very angry. <clears throat> like really angry. Yeah. He's the one that says, um, it's a brilliant line, it's going back a little bit, where he's really bigging up the Zulus. And he says, they run, run to a battle. And then there's that line where he says, I'm all for them running to a battle. Mm. Quite a camp, <laughs> the camp bloke cutting a hole in the yeah. wall. Yeah, um, yeah. He's great, that character. Yeah. Um, so Baker gets injured and wounded, as I say, and um, then there's another charge. And at this point, Baker recovers because he sees all the people who are really ill in yeah. the sick bay and thinks I'm a fraud. And not not before he's just before that he's been called a damn butcher. Yeah, by the doctor, the, the psychopath doctor. Yeah, <laughs> maybe he said Frank Butcher. Frank Butcher. He thought it was Mike Reed. <laughs> Would that have made this a better or worse film? What if, if Stanley Baker was Mike Reed? Would it have been a better film or a worse film? Worse. Yeah, it would have been. But it would have been interesting. <laughs> He'd have been horribly racist to all the Zulus. Yeah, look, at, I'm not going to say that. No, word, don't say that it. That he would say. You would not have rooted for Mike Reed no. in 1964. No. <laughs> it doesn't even bear thinking about. Um, but, um, so the Zulus break through the barricades and we get, as we were talking about earlier, the, a teaser of what they're going to do later. They do... With yeah. the mechanised shooting, one reloading, one yeah, shooting. Yeah, like a big human machine gun sort yep. of thing. Because in those days, you couldn't reload your rifle, I think that's right. Every time you fired the bullet, you had to then reload it manually. And, yep. um, yeah. Because I think if if they had machine guns, they probably would have been fine. Would have been easy. I kept thinking of that bit of the Italian job when he says, you, I've been out in Africa shooting tigers. Yes. And he gives him that wad of cash and he says, You must have shot a lot. And he says, Yes, I used a machine gun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kept thinking about it, that would have been really handy in this scene. Yeah, yeah. In this film. Yeah. I mean, now they've droned them. It would have oh, been yeah, like the end yeah. of Avengers, wouldn't it? Yeah, you just had like a war machine flying over and just yeah, yeah, dropping, dropping napalm. Yeah, on them. yeah. Oh, I watched that just the other day. I could watch it again today. <laughs> well, Infinity War. Yeah. <laughs> well, Zulu is the proto Infinity yeah, War. Yeah, it is. It is. Baker is Captain Britain. <laughs> it's, I'm not sure who are the Zulus and who are the. British Empire and it's quite it's true actually it's quite a hard one that war's a very grey line Tony it is it's hell it is and no matter what side I you're on I think I'm the first person that's ever said that <laughs> I think George Lucas says there are heroes on both sides <clears throat> yeah 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 he was a very wise man it turned so out that's what Donald Trump said as well oh, so he said something very similar <laughs> yeah 
He wouldn't have liked the Zulus, though, Donald <laughs> Trump, for some mysterious yeah. reason. Yeah. I'm not sure anyone, he really likes anyone other than himself. He likes white people. I don't think he really does, though. I think he does. I think most Rich them, white people. Yeah. yeah. Very rich white people. That, uh, that Yeah, anyway, let's not get into let's Trump. Let's not get into politics. This podcast for everyone. I know. the Trumpites. You know, it's not. Get fucked. Um, <laughs> but Calabos, at this point, he finds his calf, and the calf's... Um, Dead. Yeah, I didn't think he. There's a line later. He goes, I didn't think he'd die though. Yeah. Mm. Oh, and also when the Zulus do run away again, they, I say run away. It makes me sound like cowards. They, they go. Well, they retreat. They it's retreat. a, um, it's a strategic retreat. Strategic retreat. Um, there's a good bit here where Baker, after he's come to his senses, wants them to rebuild all the barricades. Yes. And this is when Nigel Green says they're very tired, sir. Yes. I don't give a damn. Don't give a damn. That's I think when he first truly respects him as because the, there's been loads of. That we've not mentioned yet loads of the soldiers being told what to do by a baker and then they look to Kane mm. and he sort of has to nod and say go ahead and this at this point you get the feeling that he is the boss definitely yeah. he, he is he's, he's the one that's dishing out the orders also isn't it around oh no it's at the night time we'll get, we'll get there uh, so the Zulus come back and attack <laughs> The sick bay. This is their strategy. That's right. Yes. They're going to burn. Well, they don't want to burn down the buildings. They it's want an to attack. accident, in fact. Isn't yeah, it? The, the fire starts by accident. Yeah, from a gunshot. That's it. Yes. Yeah, uh, but there's the sick all defending themselves. And Hooky kind of takes charge here. He does. He says, "Let's let's because they've they've realised they can use a bayonet to make holes in the wall. Yeah. So they make a hole in the wall to get out. That's it. And which they use later for glory holes. Is that what the? So if you go there invented. now, it's just full of doggers. <laughs> Zulu doggers. The third film. <laughs> Zulu, Zulu Dawn, Zulu Doggers, yeah. Zulu After Dark. <laughs> uh, uh, I'd watch it. Yeah, um, yeah. So the the, the the is there Zulu porn? I mean, like from the film, there must be. Like based around the film, well, like a porn parody. You mean? Yeah, there must be. I don't know if there is. I mean, I'm not going to look it up. I'm not. I'm not, that I'm, on my I'm phone. not asking you to confirm <laughs> it. I, I, there must be. They've made a porn parody of like. I used to work when I was a teenager in a video warehouse where we would send videos on to blockbusters and army bases. Right. So when you'd go blockbusters, you'd get blockbuster films. Mm-hmm. But when you do army bases, surprisingly, there was a lot of porn. Right. So you'd always admire the titles. Right. So there were things like Carlita's Backway, and, and there was Lord of the G-Strings. Right. And Playmate of the Apes. Right. So there must be a Zulu one. Yeah, I'm guessing there. The only one be. that never worked for me was Clockwork Orgy. Uh, Doesn't work. Also, that film is not... It's got like a really brutal, oh, horrible rape scene in it. Yeah. You think, oh, I'm not sure you should do a porn over that. My favourite was always Driving Miss Daisy. Crazy. Crazy. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. <laughs> but yeah, so the army lads, I used to supply them pornography. Right. So I'm, in many ways, I'm a hero. Yeah. Yeah. You've done your bit. I have. You've entertained the troops. <laughs> I have. I've literally saluted to them. Um, have, we got so- to think, have we missed the cattle? No, not yet. No, not yet. No. That's that's the final attack. That's right. Yes. I get yeah. Confused. So the sick help themselves. The PTSD guy who man he basically saves Hook, doesn't he, and gets him through the he hole. He does. Yeah. And then the whole house collapses on him. Yeah. Sadly, he burns to death. After Hook, he's tried to save him a couple of times. Yeah, he tried. Yeah. Um, I mean, it does. It's a tricky one with that character. Let's forget about the real life version. He does sort of have a redemptive arc. Yeah. But it does take basically his life being completely under threat for him to do anything heroic. Yeah. But then when he does, it's like he hulks. It's like he goes full Hulk and just 
can't yeah. stop saving people. Well, there's that funny moment where the Zulus are literally attacking the camp and he's mm. still playing cards. Yeah, and Someone yeah. says, Hook, pick up your gun. Yeah. And he's like, oh, all right. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's still. Yeah. He says something much earlier on as well about, like, it's quite a good... There's a lot of sort of war is hell moments in this, but he says, what has a Zulu ever done to me? When have I yeah. ever seen one on the city road? You know, it's sort of... It's the Muhammad Ali Yes, defense. exactly. Yeah. So would that have been pre-Muhammad Ali Probably saying the same that? time, wouldn't Very it? Very similar time, yeah. Um, Muhammad Ali did it better. Yeah, yeah. Actually, no, it would have been before, because it was regarding Vietnam and that. Yeah, yeah, it hadn't happened that yet. wasn't on yet. No, no. It that was, was coming made, soon. That made, some, some good, that made some good films, didn't it? Yeah, didn't it? Yeah, it was, it's the best. Uh, World War Two is the best war film. For films? Yeah. What's your best World War Two film? Hmm. I've got very, I've got an answer in mind. I don't know, you know, because I would say Saving Private Ryan, but I can't watch it because yeah. there's a really disturbing scene in it with Which the knife bit? through the heart. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't watch that bit. We'll just watch the longest day then, the first one. The yeah. First go at it. <laughs> Bridge too far is pretty good. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. There's some good ones. It's coming soon on this. Is it? Yeah. Anyway, it wouldn't be escaped to Athena anyway. Um, so yeah, so, so it's night time. The Zulus have retreated once again, and the camps burnt down. And this is where we get that lovely speech from Kane about my grandfather was at Waterloo. Yes, my father was at the Johnny who. It's something like he calls him the Johnny who sat by so and so at Quebec. So at Quebec, that's it. Yeah, which is an odd phrase. I don't know. It must be a sort. Of, I don't know if that's a posh phrase or an army phrase. Yeah, I think it means like the <laughs> just the fella. Chap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's a lovely speech because he's basically at this point saying, I'm not cut out for this job, yeah, you, you are. And it's not that clear because Stanley doesn't think that's what he's getting at. He thinks he's getting at, he's still having a, after all yeah, this, he's, he's still having a go on his at, shoulder, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah he's still having a going at me not being posh enough. Mm. And yeah, and then he reveals, no, 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 it's, I wish I wasn't here. I wish I was just a, I wish I was just a private. Yeah, like he's mentioned Hook and yeah. Hitch. Hitch, who we've not mentioned, who's no. I like very much, who could have done very well in Carry On. Yeah. Um, he's brilliant, that character. He is, yeah. And probably one of the few bits of comic relief, him and Hook. He gets shot, doesn't he, quite? He does. I think he's the one that gets shot. He survives, but... Yes. Yeah, he gets shot with, um, with uh, Dave from the Winchester. Yeah, he does. he's the one that gets shot in the leg. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it, yeah. But yeah, it's a lovely speech, and again, it just relinqu- it's him relinquishing his uh, his dickishness. Yeah. He's saying, "I have this attitude that I'm better than you, but I'm really not. Yeah, you yeah, are yeah. clearly the person that's meant to lead us." Yes, yeah, and you've proved it time and again. It's a lovely yeah. little bit. It's brilliant. Yeah, and then um, the Zulus attack again at dawn, so it's Zulu dawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, they come back and sing a war song. Yes, and the Welsh. Uh, Nigel Green says this is one of the most iconic bits of the film it's extraordinary but this is where I think that this is the end oh do you right you forget that there's a whole it's like there's um, another battle it's it's, it's so good I mean I'm Mm. not Welsh but it makes me feel so proud to be Welsh despite not being Welsh when I see that bit Um, and it's a bit like a proto version of like Step Up (laughs) one of those films it's every instead of a dance off they should have had a dance off as well as a sing off like, um, Except what would have been? They'd have been. There wasn't much dance in terms of Britishness. Just in those fuck days. it, break dance. Do that you anyway. Reckon? Yeah, just, just totally up. rip it out. Yeah, electric yeah. boogaloo, Zulu. Electric I want boogaloo. Michael Payne caterpillaring round the compound. I need to get this pun right. Baker electric Zulu. I want Stanley Baker twerking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they, it's great. It's amazing. It's that kind of um, cultural. Exchange. I mean, it clearly didn't fucking happen. But no. it's that. It's the football 
armist. It's the sort of the the the, the sort of football over the trenches. It's what we should do when they haku at us, and the, the New Zealanders haku us. We should sing that. Well, if we were Welsh, we would. I'm sure the. What would we sing? Why don't the Welsh do that? So no, you should ask them. They should. Yeah, I think the the, the, the New Zealand thing. There, there's some sort of cultural thing they're allowed to do because it's. Mm. Um, I don't know why. A few people have complained about it. I like seeing the hacker. I like it. I don't want to hear a load of singing over it. <laughs> no. No. No, I mean, we should be able to do our own cultural thing, like the British people. Well, they, I... sort of, they do a very British thing, which is stare at them. Yeah. That's about as British as it gets. Oops. Stare at them, sort of, until they stop. <laughs> when I was at college, I sh- our college bar, we shared it with the sports college. Mm. And uh, as far as I can see, the the rugger culture is pissing in people's pint glasses. So yeah. I think they should be able to do that. Yeah, it's quite homoerotic. I'm, I'm going to get in so much... You're going to get lots of mail, but it's quite um, kissy as well. Yeah, lots yeah, they, they do get and very huggy. Around and... I saw a man in the college bar run around stretching out his scrotum, mm. shouting, look at my bat wings. Jesus Christ. Um, so I, I, I mean, re- that's not any sort of sexual, is it? No. That's just a mad person. That's just Cronenbergish. It's just disgusting. <laughs> I want to see that as a. <laughs> I want to see a haku. Oh, not a haku. Haiku. A haiku. haiku. We should do haikus back yeah. at the hacker. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They can't hacker it. <laughs> um, so yeah. So then we get um, the, the the sing off dance off. And um, then the Zulu attack again, and this is when his engineering kicks in because he's built a yeah. huge barrier, I think nine feet tall. I think he says. Oh, so we have missed the cattle. Yes. So the cattle. No, the can... cattle happens now when because what he does is he basically they they attack normally. Yes. The Zulu march them. The cattle run past. That's right. Yes. And then yes. it looks like oh no, they're going to get beaten by the Zulus again, and they retreat back to that line yeah yeah and then the guys come over the top of the sandbags yes fire reload fire reload because the cattle bit is there's i've been telling people a fact about that for years Hmm. which is that the the the, um the actors couldn't get paid because of the the setup of the um the racist government so they paid them they gave them the cattle which is a story i've heard not true in the slightest, apparently. Oh, I looked oh. it up and went, oh, there's that story. I'll tell that. I'm going to talk about Zulu. It's the one thing I know. I looked it up and it's just, uh, it's just not true. Didn't happen. They all got paid. They did it for a bit of bully. <laughs> they just did. Yeah, they didn't do it for a bit of bully. They did it for oh. bus fare home. Oh, shame. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So then we get the, the famous ending. It's extraordinary. It is extraordinary. The noise as well. It's fucking pandemonium. Mm. It really is. The, the tension is ratcheted up. Yeah. There's, it feels like there's only about five of them left. Mm. It's a real kind of... Um, well, it's literally the Alamo. It's just the Alamo, but in yeah. Africa, it's, it's insane. Chops out Mexican. Yeah. So it, I'm programmed to say yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, yeah, they. it's now a three-line. Yeah. It's front rank, rear rank. And I only just realised they say third rank fire, yes. which I never quite caught what they said before. Mm. So you basically kill, are a continuous machine gun type machine, They thing. kill hundreds of yeah. people, <laughs> suddenly. Yep, and then the Zulus retreat again. Yeah, and then when he says cease fire, it is silent. It's mm. absolutely silent, from the most horrific noise to... And then Michael Caine basically admits to that he'd never killed anyone before. Yeah. And he, again, as a kind of relinquishment towards Baker, basically says, did you feel like this the first mm. time? He said, I feel ashamed mm. after killing these people. Mm. Baker's just like, meh. Don't worry about it. 
your pussy. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the Zulus, that, so they're basically doing well, a role. But he sort of does, and then he admits that he never done, never had a battle before. That's as right. Well. Yeah, he then so, says, yeah. actually, you know what? I couldn't stand to do this twice. This is. But they've got common ground now, which is really good. And I, yeah. want, I want a spin-off film where they're just mates. Yeah, they're just mates, really not doing like any them. war at mm. all. Perhaps it's the man who would be king. Yeah. Is basically what that then becomes. Oh, that's that set. But before, yeah, it's, I'm trying to think when that would be set. Could work okay, out. It might. I want a sitcom about him sharing a flat with Michael Caine. Yeah. That would be good. Because Terence Stamp and Michael Caine were flatmates for a while. That's right, yes. Yeah, I bet yeah. that was interesting. Yeah, swinging 60s. Hell of a place that would have Doesn't been. Doesn't even bear thinking about. But it's three hours later, the Zulus have gone. Terence, have you been eating my eggs? <laughs> <laughs> so just thinking. They have to put do, do, do the episode with put a line down the middle of the flat. There's a uh, George Lazenby biopic right they made last year because i think it's called something like being george right i think it was made in australia right or america <laughs> one or two and it's basically a documentary that they interview george lazenby it's intercut with an actor pretending to be george lazenby right it's great but there's a moment in that where it's a tight shot on george having a chat with his flatmate mm. and you just see their faces and then as it pans out you realize that they're having a spit roast and I just think that's probably happened a lot with the Kane and Stamp oh my God, flat yeah. share. I don't think Michael would like it with another bloke hanging around. I do. I don't think he's so in his autobiography. He gets so defensive about any of the male kissing, the two male kissing scenes he's done. That's true. Film. He does, doesn't he? He goes, "I promised I'd never do it again." Death trap. Apart from when I did it with <laughs> Superman, and that was with Superman. I'd have definitely kissed Christopher Reeve. Yeah, I don't know. Always, I don't want to kiss someone who's taller than me. <laughs> He's beautiful in Death Trap, though. They both are. But, yeah. Oh, it's I a good it. film, though, isn't it? I was not. I remember watching that as a kid and not expecting that ending. No. What it's the brilliant? Like, what? It's a brilliant. An onion of a film. Yeah. Unwrapped. It really is. Yeah. It's great that movie. Um, so it's three hours later. Yeah. The bayonets. Um, oh, there's a great bit here where they talk about how um, it's a miracle, and Stanley Baker says it's a miracle because of the guns. Basically. Yeah. I, I have yep. to say, what is it exactly? He says. If it's a miracle, it's so... I mean, this is him. He's being a bore Proper at this engineer. point. Yeah. Oh, come on. Like, it's just... So he goes, it's a miracle. If it's a miracle, it's a short chamber box Henry 0.45 calibre miracle. And then just to be even more... Uh, just to add even more nerdiness, he goes, I had a bayonet, so with some guts behind it. Yeah, and Nigel Green. Yeah, he gets to pipe up. And the bayonets with lots of guts behind them. Yeah. And he looks very humbled at that. Yeah. I love that. Loves the bayonets. You think that's where they got the idea for Corporal Jones? Don't like it up. Yeah, well, that obsession with bayonets. Possibly. He'd have been no good here, would he? He'd no. been running around saying, don't panic. Yeah, it's almost like he should never... It's almost like he had a post-traumatic stress disorder from the did. war he was in. I think he did. And from being in Dad's army for... Is this the war he was in? No, he was fighting the Fuzzy Wuzzies. But that's the Boer War? Yes. So it was pre this. Is it just before this, right? I think the Boer... No, no, the Boer War's after this. The Boer, yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a monument to the Boer War in Worthing. Right, right. right. And it says it's 1903. Right. Oh, so quite a little bit after this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we around, had a war with everybody for fuck's sake. around with everyone, didn't we? Just yeah. taking over and We're doing it now, fuck's yeah. sake. Um, but these, um, the Zulus reappear. And, uh, and it's a brilliant bit because they're like, oh, they've all gone and they're all happy. And then Nigel Green's talking to Baker and he just, Baker looks terrified and he turns around and Kane goes, oh my God. And yeah. they're all up on the hill again. Yeah. And everyone thinks this is it. We're well, fucked. he has a meltdown because he's been solid throughout, mm. and he has a meltdown. Yeah. Just like whatever you had enough, mm. we're all going to die. This yeah. Is it. But the Zulus again start doing a song, and uh, the uh, Borg 
guide, who we mentioned earlier, says that they're singing a song. They're um, say they're saluting saluting you. fellow Braves. Yeah, yeah. they're honouring you. Yeah, and he's uh, laughing at that point. They're all yeah. that hysterical laughter, and Kane's laughing even though he thinks he's about to die at that point because yes. he's just laughing because he's laughing. Yeah, it's like a real sort of when people some people can only laugh at funerals. They can't the uh, it's the only way to deal with the tension and the stress. Yeah, but um, yeah, and the Zulus leave. Yeah, but I would be shit scared that they come back five minutes later because that's their, think, their mo, isn't it? Because also they could win. Yeah, let's be honest. They they they've taken that. It's basically it's their last bullet, their last bit of defence. Yeah, they just wanted to have another go. They could. Yeah, but I think they've realised the Jews have realised it's probably not worth it. <laughs> they've met Stanley Baker. Yeah, and um, so yeah, so then we get another Burton narration. Yes. Who tells us who got the uh, VR? The, the butcher, VC, sorry, the butcher's VR. bill, and the, VR. the V. Yeah, the, yeah. There's a brilliant bit before that where the humour comes back in, where he's marking the the uh, register. Oh yeah, they're doing the roll call. It's, yeah, roll yeah. call, not mark, register. They're not an infant school, and they, it's just the people that don't answer. He marks stuff. But then that's slightly undercut when he calls Hitch. Yeah. And he goes, "I've seen you, Hitch. You're alive." Yeah. And he goes, "Oh, thanks very much." <laughs> so the sort of humour kicks back in that sort of barrack. Barrack room humour, the yes. gallows humour. Yeah, uh, stiff upper lip. It, I mean, it can't get away from it. This film, as much as it sort of bends to, should empire exist? Are we all racist? Mm. Is are we all classist? It still has to. It does end up being a little bit. Oh, you're proud to be British, and it's you know, it's don't yeah. It does end yeah. up that way a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, and that's it. It's brilliant. And it finishes, doesn't it? It does finish. And how many Victoria Crosses was it? It was quite a few, wasn't it? I didn't count. There's a load of them. Let's say 12. Yeah. yeah. 12 VCs. 12 VCs. <laughs> Not Viet Congs. They come later. <laughs> uh, but we're at the point of the podcast where I'm going to ask you some questions, which I only told you about this morning. So this Can I just be... ask you a Michael Caine question? Yeah, go on. Is Michael just talking of Vietnam? Has Michael Caine done a Vietnam film? No. Did he do that one with Brendan Fraser? Was it The Honourable... Uh, yeah. No, I can't remember what it's called. Is the quite American? Is that quite in American. Vietnam? Yeah, I was just going to ask. I don't know. Grand it might Green. not be. It might be just before. It's in Vietnam. Yeah, it's around something. It might be when the, anyway. It'd be good if he was in platoon. Yeah, he could have been. How old would he have been then? His late fifties. Could have been a bloody general in that, couldn't he? I've heard his American accent. It's not bad. It's the same one he does in Bullseye. Quite American, he does it as well. He's yeah. all right, in the, but he does a kind of New England uh, sort of. Oh, I'm Doctor Daniel Feckler. Yeah, it's sort of a New Englandy kind. Well, of. he won an Oscar for it in Cider House Rules, so it must Side be Cider House quite Rules good. is what I'm thinking. Of. Yeah. Sorry, yes. Good night, children. Yeah. You know, I've never seen that. I've never seen it either. I don't want. You either. might have to for this. I know someone's going to ask. Her, <laughs> but I'm asking some questions now. Some of which are based from Michael Caine's timeline on Twitter. Yes. So I don't know if you're aware, but there was a story. That came out in the papers that he'd been locked in an attic. I, I, I was aware of this one, yes. <laughs> so he tweeted, oh, I have never been locked in an attic. Yes. It's completely false. Right. I was false, yeah, yeah. yeah. He deleted it but later. the story of, is really, like, you can find the whole story yeah. online as if it really did happen. <laughs> I love that you have to deny it. But the thing is... That the, suggests it was true. When you read the story, as, a, I, as an actor, mm-hmm. and not one that would be as, mi- as missed as Michael Caine would be if he just suddenly was in an attic overnight... <laughs> When you finish filming, yeah. it's about four people's, very much all their job is, is to make sure you get in a car and fuck off home. So you're going to say make sure you never get locked They're, in an attic. Well, basically that, because they don't trust actors to do anything. They're always you literally have to tell them you're going to the toilet. They want you in a trailer, stroke box, stroke attic room, mm-hmm. on set, yeah. 
in a car or at home mm. and they know that you're in all the minute you get in a car they phone and go they're in the car the minute you get out they can see you yeah so th- the thought that michael kane could just disappear and everyone would go right pack up everyone we're going home and no one there would be a driver sitting there going where's michael kane <laughs> like they would ask around yeah it's a lovely thought though it is but my question to you is have you ever been locked in an attic no so i have short- to ask it like he did have you ever been locked in attic is that what he says? Yeah, he said, uh, the story of me being locked in attic. Um, I've never been locked in attic. Right. But I have been, I'm going to say that, how is it, stuck in dog flap. What? Similar kind of thing. What's it, a dog flap? Like, you mean like a cat flap? Well, it was big enough for, it was, yeah, it was like a cat and dog flap. It was so big, how did you get in a dog flap? I was trying to break into my own house. <laughs> I was eight year old. <laughs> it's a very disgusting story. I could tell it all if you want, or I could Go leave on. it. How is it disgusting? Well, it's not. That's not the end of the story. Right. I went to work with my dad. I was about seven mm-hmm. or eight, and this is my would I lie to you story that people will think is a lie if I ever got on it. But I'm giving it away to you for free. Great, thank you. Because um, they're not going to ask me to be on it. Um, I had I went to work with my dad. Mostly, I didn't work because I was only little. Mm-hmm. He was a painter and decorator. Painter and decorators, builders go for great big fry-ups which is where i got my love for them mm-hmm. i had a full man's fry-up a grown adult builder's fry-up after i'd eaten that and drunk a pint of milk and probably three slices of bread my dad looked at me and went you don't want to come back to work and i went no not really it's not that i was working anyway i was just watching so right, i'll take you home to your mum he went i got out of the car because he was going back to work and he said do you want to go and knock make sure your mum's in before i leave and i said no she'll definitely be in he went, I knocked, she wasn't in. And it was at that moment I realised I really, really, really needed a shit. <laughs> so I couldn't get in. I thought I can often get in through the dog flap. There's a way of doing it. Huh? And I lived on a terrace, so I had to go all the way around to the back, mm-hmm. around about 20 houses, climbed over the back gate, got the by this point i'm really what's the this term uh turtle's head turtle's head I'm, yeah. i mean it's not even going to be a turtle it's going to be like <laughs> prairie dog i had i managed to get the bro- i got a broomstick uh-huh. and my thing was i always would lean in through this dog flap which uh-huh. i had to get in halfway through i was getting bigger much bigger than the last time i'd done it i would hook the keys with the broomstick it was genius bring those back unlock that bit and then reach it up and knock the top bolt off and then i could get in I was doing it, I was much more panicked this time than ever before. Very hot, full of breakfast, really needing shit now. Like bad, bad, bad. And I was halfway through and I couldn't do any of it. Nothing was working. And at that moment, I shit my pants. (laughs) And I basically collapsed, sagged, and just sat. I laid there for probably about four minutes with my dog licking my face. He thought it was brilliant that I was going for the dog flap. And then I finally sort of got myself together and knocked the thing off and opened the door and went in and had a bath. <laughs> so I, that's not quite the same as what happened to uh, it's Michael better, Caine, though. but it's a similar feeling. Maybe Michael Caine shut himself in an I attic. think that's what happened. So he went, put it out there that I was stuck in an attic and then I'll deny that. Put people off the scent of my shit. The literal scent. Yeah. Uh, so next <laughs> question. What are your favourite music? Is that what he said? So who do he say it to? He just said a Twitter question. What are your favourite music? <laughs> I didn't know about that one. Um, holy shit. Well, I'm just going to answer it. I'm going to answer it. My favourite music. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say one song, I guess. Or just one band. I like, like the Super Fairy Animals. Right. That'll do. Okay. <laughs> and the Beatles. Good. There you go. 
No, that'll keep Michael happy. <laughs> Have you ever had a wonderful day in your garden? Is that what he asked again? No, he said, I'm having a wonderful day in my right. garden. Well, yeah, I've had a lovely day in my garden. I haven't got a very big one. I've only got a front garden. I live in London. Yeah, of course. I live in the centre. Uh, I've had about six... Well, this summer's been glorious, so yeah. Michael I'm with, I'm with Michael it. on that one, and we had a few, but quite a few barbecues out there. He's got a chill-out room. Well, he is Michael Caine, isn't he? He loves chill-out music. I bet he's got two toilets. I bet he smokes big, fat doobies. <laughs> I bet he has got two toilets. I bet he's got one by the dog flap. <laughs> yeah. Just in case. Just in case. Um, if, like Sir Michael, you were in beautiful Armenia for two hours and 53 minutes before leaving for London, how would you pass the time? <laughs> he did a tweet just to explain, saying, hello from beautiful Armenia. And then two hours and 53 minutes later, he said, hello from London. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ashamed to say I know very little about Armenia. Um I, d- I don't know. I'm guessing if I need two hours, I'm very cautious. I'd be in the airport. You would, wouldn't you? I'd be in the airport unless you had a private jet. Even then, I'd be. I'm not. I'm not b- born to be. I have that sort of luxury. I'm. I'm always too anxious. I'd still be getting there two hours early. I'd be I'd terrified be about missing the gate and all also, that. Also, people die in those things. Yeah. All the famous people that die in air accidents it's always in private jets it's never in commercial jets and John Denver built his own that was even worse well there you go I mean that's he's just asking for trouble he was a biscuit barrel with a ruler on it (laughs) elastic band oh Christ Uh, I'd like to think he was singing the song as he died (laughs) yeah um, so, um, what, what is, is, you know anything about Armenia? I don't know. I, I know nothing about Armenia. Anything. I know Michael Caine was there for two up. hours and fifty-three minutes. It's good enough for me. He's done can't, it for us. Can't have been that good. No. He was only there for two hours. Uh, if you were on a bus teaching on the edge of a cliff and suddenly had a great idea to save the day, what would it be? Hmm. I think genuinely, every man for himself. I'd just fucking run for it. Hope for the. I mean, what else are you going to do? That was always with that, with that gang. Hmm. of ne'er-do-wells one of them is going to think to do that at some point just run I'd beat the driver to death because it's his fault yeah I always get angry with him it is his fault he's really he's showing off he's about. drinking beer as well isn't yeah, he yeah he's laughing and pissing about they've all done so well yeah it's like when you watch football and you see someone get the ball and they really run it up and they do loads of work and then they pass to someone who just instantly gives it to the opposition you go you yeah. fucking idiot all yeah. that work has got it to that is exactly what he did yeah yeah <laughs> yeah Run for it. Run for it on other on the heads of others. Yes. No, I'd definitely do that. Uh, Michael Caine was known for not being fussy about his film choices. Can you make up a title for what would be a Michael Caine B-movie and what would it be about? Well, it was a Michael Caine B-movie. It was bloody awful. <laughs> the Swarm. Oh, of course. <laughs> so yeah. it could be called The B-movie. The B-movie. Um, well, these days all the shit films are remakes. How about a combo? Like, um, how about... Uh, what's the name of the Jaws one he's in? It's Jaws, Jaws Revenge. Revenge, isn't it? Yeah. How about you try and make that better by mixing it up with the Italian job and it's like the Italian shark. That's brilliant. So the shark, he wants revenge on a shark. No one knows that, but he gets the old gang back together. Somehow they've got off the bus. Yeah. And maybe it's a prequel. Yeah. He wants revenge on that shark. Yeah. And he, they go try and rob it. It's and in they a, his coral. It's in, no, no, it's in, the shark is in, uh, some sort of aquarium somewhere right. and they try and plan a heist for the Italian shark brilliant <laughs> brilliant the Italian shark uh, and finally what's your best and what's your worst Michael Caine films best uh, is very close between Zulu and Get Carter worst is probably that Jaws one it's I don't know 
I don't find it even funnily bad at times. It's he's quite good in it, but yeah. I think he's enjoying himself a bit too much. A bit too much. He's having a laugh, and he missed his Oscar. I mean, I'm just saying that off the top of my head now. There's probably one if I th- if I thought about it, I'm sure there's worse. I think always go with your instinct. Yeah, yeah. Um, I find Harry Brown really. I think it's a good film, but I find it bleak yeah, as hell. It's yeah, I don't know. I do like an old man getting revenge. But I don't feel like he gets... It's not like... Bronson was enjoying himself, as he did. Yeah. Especially in number not, three. Yeah, oh, God. Yeah. Harry Brown's not having a laugh, is he? It's. It just seems really awful. Like he's killing children. There's a, well, yeah, they deserve it. Though mm. it is horrible. Because yeah. that kid who kills at first is really not the one to kill. No. I suppose he killed his old mate, didn't he? Dudley also, he's, he's a killer. It's not Dudley Sutton, is Dudley it? Dudley Sutton's his old mate, yeah. Is he? Yeah, he's just died himself, uh, bless him. Yeah, I loved. I worked with Dudley on um, Final Funeral Parlour. Of course you did. He's brilliant. Well, he was a lovely man, like, had a story for everything. An extraordinary life, a, a bit of everything. Probably can't go into, I'm sure he's written no. it in books, but yeah, he was brilliant. I didn't, I've realised it was him, I've sort of forgotten that, I think. I might be wrong. Maybe I'm thinking of the I'm football factory. I'm not sure it's the only film they've done together. If that's I'm probably wrong, actually. I think maybe he was in the football factory. And He's in Harry the football Brown. factory as an old boy who gets has a heart attack, I think. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm mixing them up. Oh, no. It's still good to mention Dudley Sutton. It's just nice to mention Dudley Sutton, R.I.P. And lovely. fun of the funeral parlour. I can always remember, remember that R.I.P. It's an amazing R.I.P. fun of the funeral parlour. You should watch it if you haven't seen it, everybody. Wonderful. Well, Tony Way, thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome. Any time. And until next time, I will continue to have the best time, and I hope you do too. Michael Caine tweeted that as well. Bye. Bye. You think the worst can't do better than that, Owen? Well, they've got a very good bass section, mine. But no top tenors, that's for sure. delightful little nibbleheads. I'm Andy. And I'm Carrie. And you're listening to Ask the Nincompoops. It's the show where kids ask us the questions they want answered. And we answer the questions that the kids ask. Did bacon or pigs come first? Bacon. Bacon, are you not listening? From the trees of the new forest. Uh, Off the branches after they concentrated really hard. Guys, it couldn't be simple. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Oh, Oh, Your pants on fire, did you know that? Hold on, my pants are on (laughs) fire. Sorry, that's just pure coincidence. You haven't learned a thing. I don't know why we bothered. I'm I'm over this. I'm yeah, yeah, goodbye. <laughs> Ask the Nincompoops. Great big.